This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Thank you, sis. <clears throat> Amen. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you again for tonight. I want to thank you especially for the first year students that have left home and now they start in their new lives. And we know there's lots of challenges up ahead. I pray by the end of tonight, Lord, not one of them will feel lonely. Not one of them will feel alone because they're going to know you in a very new and special way. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. amen. It's so good to be here tonight with all of you. This is my favorite crowd. I love young people. Yes, I do. I love you. Because you are prepared to listen. The hardest crowd I've got to work for is my age group. You know, oh, well, let's see what he'll say this time. But you've come with an open heart. God wants to bless you tonight. I want my family to stand up. I want the team to stand up, please. From Gravetown and football around. Stand up, boys. Come on, stand up. Because I want you to give them a... Yes, you better stand up. You're part of the team. Can you, get, can you stand up, please? What's wrong with you guys? Are you Bunbrooks or what? Come on, stand up. That's right, Clive, stand up. Where are you, Tommy? Okay. Can you give him a big clap, please? Thank you. Jesus. Uh, I am so excited for this country. Did you stand up? Did you stand up? Well, stand up now, then. What's wrong with you? Give him a clap, man. I've got my trustees here. There's one. Here's another one here. And their families. We are family. See? This, that, that's where the power is in the world. Anywhere in the world. When there's a breakdown of family, there's no strength. See? And the devil knows that. That's why he hates the family. And that's why he's hell-bent on destroying the family. See? And that's why we're coming back to the family. You see, a, a country is only as strong as the family. See? See, and we, we're going we're gonna to come against things like divorce. We're going to come against things like fornication. We're going to come against things like corruption. We're going to come against things like violence. Because this nation is a Christian nation. Can we give the Lord a clap, please? Thank you, Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you have fallen... Some area, like I have in many areas, we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. Jabalani, did you stand up just now? Stand up again. They didn't see you. That's one of my sons. Give him a big clap. Jabalani came to me as a little baby. He is a, a Christian rap artist. He travels all over the world. If, give him another clap. Thank you. Oh, it's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Sis, thank you for inviting me, man. We go back a long way, son. A long way, and I love you so much. You know, I was sitting there tonight, sis, and I had a message all worked out. <laughs> but you know what God always does? He, always, he messed up my message. Now I've got no message. I've just got you. And that's all I want. And as I sat there, and I, I, I want you to give that music team a big clap. I think they were amazing. Amazing. I want that uh, CD, please. And I will pay for it. I want that CD. I want many of them. I, I just wish I could get a bit closer to you. That's how I feel tonight. I'm talking specifically to the first-year students. I've got a scripture for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect through weakness. So when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And I can just imagine, as I was sitting here just now with, um, listening to the music, I was thinking about you. Oh, yeah. I've got five children of my own. I've got 27 adopted children. I've got 11 grandchildren. I've got 300 spiritual sons. I'm a family man. And I was sitting there just now and I was thinking, are these young people after this meeting tonight, 
You're going to go back to a brand new res. You come from another part of the country, maybe from overseas. You're homesick. So now, Uncle Angus, you are homesick. You're homesick. You don't know what to face, do you? You don't know whether you're going to even pass your first year, do you? That's right. You, you, but you're sitting there tonight and you're trying to be strong and brave. Because you don't want anybody else to see that you, you're scared. But Jesus says, don't be scared. He says, you know, my mother, her name was Mary. She was only about 15 years old. And she was sleeping one night and the angel Gabriel came to visit her. And he said, Mary, you're going to have a baby. She said, but Lord, I, I've never known a man. I'm engaged to you, Joseph, but and you're going to hold the Son of God in your womb for nine months. God. You see, without faith, you can't, please, you can't believe this book. That's one thing I've learned in my life. Without faith, you cannot believe this book, sir, because you see, it doesn't make sense, sir. You see, because a woman can't fall pregnant unless she sleeps with a man. See? But this girl had never slept with anybody. She was a virgin. See? But she was pregnant. Can you imagine how she felt? Because in those days, if you were a fornicator, if you, if you committed adultery, you were taken to the city center and stoned to death. See? Can you imagine how she felt? Young people. And she said, but God. He said, Mary, I've chosen you. You're going to look after my son. You're going to bring him up. And then he's going to die for his people. She was obedient. Bartimaeus was sitting in the dust. He was the off-scouring of the earth. Maybe some of you tonight feel like it. Uncle Angus, I've messed up in my life. There's no future for me, man. I've, I've, I've done something terrible and there's no hope for me. Bartimaeus was sitting in the dust and he heard that the Son of God was coming down the road, Jesus of Nazareth. And so he had nothing to lose. Some of you tonight, you've got nothing to lose. See, you think you have, but you've got nothing to lose. Your reputation is gone since tatters. You may be on the verge of bankruptcy tonight. Maybe your marriage is finishing. Maybe you've got a sick child and there's no hope. See? Now that's how Bartimaeus was. He was sitting in the dust and he heard Jesus, the Son of God, was walking past. I want to tell you, Jesus is in this place tonight. I know my Redeemer. Oh, I know him so well. I've been walking with him since the 18th of February, 1979. He has never disappointed me, sir. He has never let me down. He has never forsaken me. And time and time again, I keep walking out on the water. And then when I get out on the water, isn't that right, Clive? I say, God, man, I've taken on too much. And he says, yes, you have. But I'll help you. If you'll, fo if you'll follow me, I'll help you. I will change this nation if you will put up your hand tonight and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Bartimaeus started shouting just like I'm shouting now. I'll never forget I was in the Eastern Cape. <laughs> With some of those farmers my age group. And at half time, I went to the gents, I went to the bathroom, and an old man walked in, he said, son, you don't have to sweat so much when you preach. I said, sir, you ain't seen nothing yet, wait for the second half. <laughs> I've learned one thing. I refuse to apologize anymore for Jesus. Because when the heat's on, it's me and Jesus. I'm telling you now, boys and girls, and I've got witnesses here tonight. It's me and the Lord. That's it. And so Bartimaeus started shouting, just like I'm shouting now. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus walked past with his disciples, and the people were just thronging him. I go to Israel every year, folks, sometimes two, three times a year. I'm a blessed man. I've even lost contact how many times I've been to Israel. There's a man sitting there, Bethesda. And God healed this man from a heart. This man was sick. He healed him supernaturally at the pool of Bethesda. God's the same. Isolo, na mutla, na parata.
Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. And for those of you that can't speak in tongues, it means he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I know that. See, son, I'm not talking about somebody I read about in a book. I'm talking about somebody I met. Oh, yes. He's more real to me than you sitting there, my boy. And he says tonight, he says, son, if you will stand up for me, I'll walk with you right through this university for the full course, and you will pass. doesn't matter what anybody says. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap. Tonight, tonight is your night. It's your night tonight. It's up to you. See, so, 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 so listen to this now. Listen to the fickleness of man. I don't know the Afrikaans word for fickle. What's the Afrikaans word for fickle? Fickleness. Well, it's probably just fickle. <laughs> it just summa means fickle. Buy a fickle. What does it mean, Omangas? This is what it means. They told him to shut up. Shut up, Bartimaeus, man. Keep quiet, see? And Jesus, the Son of God, my best friend, he stopped in the road, man. I don't know how many times he's done that for me. I said, God, please, you've got to help me here, man. I've taken on too much. Jesus stopped in the road. He turned around. He said, who called my name? The disciples, come on, Lord, there's people. No, no, who called my name? You know what the crowd did? They just turned like, oh, Bartimaeus, come stand up. Let's help you. Jesus wants to talk with you. See how people change. See, one day you're a hero, next day you're a bum. You don't believe me? Ask the Springboks. <laughs> but they'll come back. Oh, yes. You know why? Because they love Jesus. See, when I see a Springbok getting on his knees in the middle of the field before the game, I say, that's my man. I don't see that in too many other teams, folks. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. First the Jew, then the Gentile. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And so they brought Bartimaeus to Jesus, and Bartimaeus stood in front of the Son of God, Mary's boy child, grown man. Jesus asked him a strange question, and he's asking you the same question tonight, my girl. He says to, he says to Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus was stone blind. A four-year-old child could have said to him, Master, he's blind. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Tonight, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do exactly what Bartimaeus said. And I'm not just talking to the first-year students. I'm talking to all of you, especially the parents. Bartimaeus said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And the Bible says that instantly God healed him. Can we give the Lord a clap for that, please? Instantly. The woman with the issue of blood, a little woman, I can imagine as a small little lady, probably a widow, had no money. She spent all her money with the doctors, 12 years bleeding uncontrollably. She must have been anemic. She was sick. She had nothing left. Some people here tonight exactly like that. Uncle Angus, I don't even want to live anymore, man. This is your night. That's why you came here tonight on the 25th anniversary of the founding of this beautiful church, of which I am very much part of. This woman said, if I can touch the hem of his garment. But you see, boys, I want you guys to listen carefully. You see, faith has got feet. Can you see my cowboy boots? Faith has got feet. It's a doing work. Faith's not talking. It's action. Faith's not studying and studying and studying. No, faith is studying and then putting it into action. That's why I love Jesus so much. Jesus honors faith. Not good works, man. I don't care how many universities you've been to. Sorry, now I'm in trouble. Sorry, seriously, you should have stopped me there. You see, you, see, you might have as many degrees as the length of this arm. Is that right, Hardness? You might be a doctor of this, a doctor of that, and a doctor of everything else. But you know what? It makes you a good history professor. I know the author of this book. And he's alive, and his name is Jesus, the Son of the living God. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap. Amen. 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 If I can touch the hem of his garment, so she started to push her way through. 
I can just imagine her moving through people's legs and pushing away. And then she got to the master and she touched his garment. I've done that many times. My darkest moments. And there's nobody else. And even my dear wife, my best friend, Jill, who's praying for you right now, right now at home. She's exhausted and she goes to sleep. She just can't keep awake anymore. And it's me. And it's the devil. And it's Jesus. That's where you are tonight. Who are you going to put your faith in? You're going to put your faith in your boyfriend. And I'm not joking. Don't do that. It's not fair to him. You're going to put your faith in God. You're going to put your faith in your dorm, in your professor, in your university. Wrong. Only put your faith in God. Have faith in God. Mark eleven twenty two. And so she came up and she touched his garment. And as she touched his garment, he stopped in the road and he said, who touched me? And the disciples said, Lord, you're joking. Man, people are pushing you from everywhere. This way. No, no. You see, Jesus knew. And Jesus is watching you as I'm talking to you, young lady. As I'm talking to you now, he's in you and in your heart, and he's talking to you. He says, tonight I want you to stand up and make a commitment to me so that I can heal you, so that I can set you free, so that I can give you a reason to live, so that I can help you in every aspect of your life, from your studies to your finances to, your, to, to, your, to making good decisions. But tonight I want you to stand up for me. Because he turned around and he said, who touched me? And this little woman said, it was me, master. He said, woman, go in peace. Your faith has made you well. I can go on telling you illustrations all night, but I want to tell you a personal story. And the Holy Spirit told me to tell you that story while I was sitting in that chair. That's the honest truth. God is my witness. See, I've got so many stories. I could tell you stories till the cows come home. Well, the cows have already come home. And I've got to catch a silver bird tomorrow morning because my wife said, 10 o'clock, I'll see you for breakfast. And I won't miss that for nothing. You know, as I get older, my marriage gets sweeter. My wife has always been my best friend. Sometimes she ends up being the only friend. <laughs> because preaching the gospel doesn't always make you popular. Oh, but it's worthwhile. When you see a young person transformed, when you see a young man transformed, it's worth it. See, you see, I know what you're going through. See? And there's two words I want you to remember for the rest of this year, first year students. Two words. But God. But God. Can you say that? But God. That was about two of you said that. But God. But God. But God. But God. And when somebody says to you, you'll never pass, you say, but God. See? And somebody says, you'll never make the first team, you say, but God. And somebody says, you'll never get your degree, you say, but God. And somebody says to you, you'll never reign in Cape Town. And you will say, but God. Come on, let's give a lot of clap. That's it. Now we're starting to get warmed up. Oh, yeah. I'm taking a lot of flack, but aren't you all? Who does he think he is? Does he think he's the weatherman? No, I don't think I'm the weatherman. I'm the weatherman's son. Oh, hallelujah. Woo! Amen. 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 Amen means in South Africa, so be it. There's no one can say amen like the South Africans. Amen. amen. The Zulus taught me to say amen. We don't say amen, brother. <laughs> amen. Amen. Because you don't mean it. When the Zulus say amen, oh, you enjoyed that, did you? Comes from here. Amen. Oh man, this is a wonderful country. And I'm, I'm looking in here tonight, serious. I'm telling you, I'm serious, son. 
I see the future of South Africa here. Yeah, I see, I, I see the future. Future of South Africa! Jesus took 12 men. That's all. He changed the world. In Acts it says, who are these men that have turned the world upside down? Have they come here too? There's some of you, there's some older men here tonight. You say you love God, but you've never ever stepped out of the boat. You've never ever really got on the water. You've wanted to, but you never have. Sir, your time is running out. Tonight's your night. Tonight I'm going to give you an opportunity to step out the boat and get on the water. You see, the one thing that God cannot handle is compromise. He cannot handle unbelief. See, well, I'll serve God, but I, you know, I'll just make sure I've got a bit of a backup. So if it doesn't work, I've got, a bit of, I've got some spare cash, yeah? That's not faith. It's a case of, Lord, you better do this because I don't know what's going to happen if you don't. See? See, that's what happened on the 22nd of April, 2017, isn't it? See, I was, I was jogging one day. I can't jog anymore because I've had an operation on my knee, so now I'm riding a bicycle, but I'm still riding a bicycle. <laughs> jogging up the road, minding my own business, and the Holy Spirit. He spoke two words to me. Praise God. Now at least I can see you. Why did you keep the lights out so long? You're trying to save water. Don't worry. The water's coming. <laughs> Folks, on a serious note, because I really want to pray for you tonight. Tonight's your night. Tonight I'm going to give you a chance to come to the front. Is that all right, sis? I'm going to give you a chance to get out of your chair, walk to the front, and come up here. Why? Because, you see, Unless you, oh, I'm not going up there. Well, the Lord said, that's fine. You stay where you are. But when the going gets tough, don't start shouting to me. See? Oh, yes. You can't serve two masters, young lady. Matthew 12, 30. He who's not for me is against me. See? There's no such, such thing as a lukewarm Christian. Oh, well, I've been to church all my life. That means nothing, man. If you go to McDonald's, does that make you a hamburger? <laughs> yeah, I got that from somebody else. <laughs> so I was running up that road and God gave me two words. Two words, that's all. Not audibly. No, 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 no. I've never had that privilege. There's not many have and live, live to tell the tale. Now we're talking about a God who said one word, sir. One word. And this whole universe came into being. Don't come and tell me God spoke to me audibly in my room. Speaks to me through the word, always, first through the word. Speaks to me through brothers, sons. Speaks to me through the weather. I'm a farmer. Speaks to me in that sunrise, sunset. Speaks to me through the face of a little baby. I've got a new granddaughter, number 11. Her name is Rebecca. When she starts to smile, I just melt. I just love babies. And I'm not a sissy. <laughs> the sissies are the ones who say, I can't handle babies. They're Bungbrook men. <laughs> the Lord said to me, It's time. Maybe saying that to you tonight, son. It's time. Oh, one day, Uncle Angus, when I've paid off my house, then I'll serve the Lord. When I get that uh, beach cottage and it's paid for, when I pay for my ski boat, then I'm in. It's too late, my boy. You know, that farmer had such a big crop. Remember in the Bible, Jesus told that story. I'll just build a big barn, put my crop in the barn, and then I'll sit under the trees, and I'll eat and drink and be merry. Jesus said, you foolish man. Tonight, your soul will be required of you. Don't procrastinate. Don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. Tonight is your night. But what are my friends going to say? Listen to me, man. I know what I'm talking about. Those friends... When the heat's on, they won't be there, my boy. But he'll be there. Oh, yes, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. When the going gets tough, you speak to him. Isn't that right? Oh, yes. All those friends of yours. There are a lot of fair-weather Christians in this place. You know what a fair-weather Christian is, son? When the sun's shining, we love Jesus. 
And when the clouds come up, we don't love Jesus anymore. And when the boys are going out to get drunk, then we go and get drunk. And on Sunday, we go to church and put our hands in the air and say, praise the era. The Lord says, I never knew you. Get away from me. Tonight's your night to make a good stand for the Lord. Say, the Lord, you and me. From tonight on, it's real first year students. Oh, hallelujah. But don't forget when you get your degree, don't forget to tell people how you got it. And they say, you're so clever. You say, no, I wasn't actually. It's Jesus who's clever. And he gave me the answers. It's called divine cheating. <laughs> Come on, let's give the Lord a clap. Thank you, Lord. He'll never leave us. Oh, I love him so much. I love him so much. The older I'm getting, the more I love him. You can ask my wife. She comes into my quiet time room sometimes. She says, when are you coming out of that place? I say, just now, Jill, just got a couple more things to talk to the master about. Oh, I love him so much. Running up that road. It's time. One million. How many of you were at that prayer meeting, the biggest prayer, Christian prayer meeting in the world? How many of you are there? Look at this. Look at this. Give yourselves a big clap. So we got witnesses. Witnesses, haven't we? Witnesses. If I'm telling lies, please keep me straight. Sir, in six weeks, from, from ground zero, six weeks from the time we started to the time that car, 450,000 motor cars. Have you ever seen a million people at one side with your naked eyes, sir? No, you haven't. If you said you had, I'll tell you a liar. <laughs> right? Neither had I. Two kilometers of people. 27 stations, big screens, 600 speakers, Bloemfontein Airport closed, too many aeroplanes, Tempe, like bumblebees going back and forth, helicopters. It was amazing. It's the greatest time, in, well, one of the greatest times of my life. It's not about me. That's what I'm trying to show you. I'm going to stand at eight, my girl. It's all I got, standard eight. It's all I got. But you know something, I've been to the school of life, school of hard knocks. See, when I lost my little nephews, see, when he fell off that tractor and I rode over him and I killed him, my brother's son. All the degrees in the world wouldn't have helped me that day. And I picked his little body off the ground. I took him to my brother and I said, I'm sorry. I've killed your son. It was me and the devil and the Lord, that's all. I used to lie awake at night, I couldn't sleep. My alarm clock used to go off at four o'clock every morning. I'd run up to the farm office, that's where I was having my quiet times in those days. Every morning, fresh bread from heaven. Open the Bible and the Lord would say to me, Stand, Agnes. Stand, the battle is mine. And I stood. And those waves, they started getting smaller. And slowly but surely, I started getting stronger. My little nephew, his name is Alistair. He's four years old. He's got blonde hair and blue eyes. He called me Auntie Angus. <laughs> I don't look very feminine, do I? But that's what he called me, Auntie Angus. You might get to heaven before me. I doubt it because I'm older than most of you. But if you do, you'll see a little four-year-old in heaven. He'll ask you a question. How's Auntie Angus? <laughs> Please tell him I'm coming soon. I'm just finishing my work here. God is so real to me. You see, people come and say, oh, well done, Uncle Angus, you know, you organized the biggest prayer meeting. Well, I didn't actually. I've got my family here, organized it. 40 million rand. 40 million rand in less than six weeks. I never asked for a penny. Isn't that right, Artis? Paid for I didn't make 40 million rand in my whole farming career, which was 40 years. God, see, if you're serious with God, sir, he'll be serious with you. The problem with some of us, we're playing the fool with God. We say we love God, but we don't trust him. Now, I trust God for South Africa. I trust God for a new government. I trust God for a stronger land. 
I trust God for the end of violence and murder and corruption. I trust God for the end of drugs and alcohol. I trust God for the end of prostitution. And it's going to happen. It's already started. And some people say, oh, that was just a coincidence. That wasn't a coincidence, sir. That's what happened when a million people came together and went before God on the 22nd of April. Who would have told us then you're going to have a new president in this country in 2019? Huh? Albert, you want to work for God? You need to get going, boy. Time's running out for you, man. Sick and tired of guys telling me, oh, one day, one day. Which day? Today's a good day. Yeah, well, when I'm finished making my money and my family's growing up, you'll never do it, man. Young people, you came here to study, but you also came here to meet God. And I want to tell you something. I'm in trouble with the, with the rector and the, and the professor. And everything. I couldn't care. As long as you leave this university knowing Jesus Christ as Lord, I don't care whether you get your degree or not. When you've got Jesus, you'll never lose and you'll never fail. Can we give the Lord a clap for that, please? Mark chapter 8, verse 36. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? And he loses his soul. That day, I'll never forget it. You see, I want to say something else to you young people before I pray for you. I want to pray for you just now. I want you to get ready. I'm not going to pray for you there. You come into the front. We'll move all these chairs out the way. I'm here till tomorrow morning at half past three. I'm leaving for the airport. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. You like late nights? So do I. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not going anywhere. In my bad days, my BC days, that's before Christ, I used to only get dressed up at about 10 o'clock at night. Don't look so sanctimonious. So did you. <laughs> but when it comes to Jesus, oh, no, come on, don't be too long, man. You're gone for 15 minutes. They say, you ain't seen nothing yet. <clears throat> you, see, you see, what happens when you put your, your faith in God, see what happens, it's wonderful when you start. Everybody says to you, oh, go for it, you're Angus. Oh, you're the man. See? But then the crunch comes. Pay time, payday. And then all your friends disappear. See? And then the devil steps in. See, the battle is not in the heart, it's in the head. Did you? I'll say that again. You didn't get that, did you? The battle is not in the heart, it's in the head. That's why the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to pull in down strongholds. The battle, young people, I know. I love you, man. I've got five kids of my own. I know where the battle is. As I'm talking to you now, it's here. The devil says to you, don't you dare get out of that chair tonight and make a fool of yourself. And the Lord says, you want me to help you? Then nail your colors to the mast. You stand up tonight and you acknowledge me as Lord and Savior. Simple as that. And you see, son, you must do that before you enter the battle. Not when you're in the battle, it's too late. You see, Job was a farmer like me. See? And he went through some hard times like me and you. See? And he said, even though he slay me, yet I will not reject him. See? And he lost everything. He lost his farm. He lost his family. He lost his health. He was sitting in the, in the, in the, in the city center in a, on a heap of, of, of ashes covered with boils from the top of his head to the tip of his toes. He was the laughing stock of the town. Job. Job. You know, his own wife said to him, why don't you curse God and die? His own wife. Some of my closest friends have said to me, you've gone too far this time, Angus. This time you've gone too far. And the devil says, that's right. And I'm going to get you this time. And I'm going to expose you for the fraud that you are. That's happened many, many times. And the 22nd of April was no different. And I'm telling you, when it came to the countdown, there was no guarantee of anybody coming. The Enchir the Church, bless you, did not underwrite this event. Neither did the Charismatics or the Baptists or the Presbyterians. No one. Go back and find him. Go forward, young man. I'll be behind you. 
And so it was my raw faith. On the day of that event, I was supposed to speak at 12 o'clock. They put me in a house in Bloemfontein. I don't know why they left me on my own, but they did. And I was in Gethsemane. You know where Gethsemane is, son? That's where Jesus sweated blood. You know what Gethsemane means, my boy? It means the olive press. It's where they grind and squeeze the oil out of the olives. I was there. I was sweating blood. Because the devil said, today you are going to be exposed as an absolute idiot. Because no one's going to come. No one came. Half past 10, half past 11, half past 12. Now I'm crying. Eh? Real tears, sir. I'm crying. Half past 11. And I don't know why they didn't contact me. Well, I found out afterwards because they couldn't, they couldn't handle it. I said, Lord, I'm back on the water again. What am I going to do? What am I going to do, Lord? We've got the music team there. We've got 2,000 acres that we've prepared. What are we going to do, Lord? The Lord says, Angus, I called you, I appointed you, and I anointed you for a time such as this. Are you going to trust me, aren't you? Yes, Lord, but this is now. And then I resign. See, it's the fear of man, young person. First, yes, it's the fear of man that's keeping you in that seat. Not the fear of God, the fear of man. What are the others going to say? Huh? What are they going to say? Oh, you're one of them. You say, yes, I'm one of them. There was 21 men had their heads cut off in North Africa. They died as martyrs just a couple of years ago. 21 but heads cut off. I don't even know if they went to church. There were Coptic Christians from Egypt that were migrant workers, toch workers as we say in, 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 in uh, Natal. KwaZulu-Natal. And ISIS got a hold of them. And all they said was, deny Christ, and we'll let you go. Now, if you're uh, sort of like a Sunday Christian, you know, I just go to church now and again, what the heck, just deny him, man. They said, no. They said, if you don't deny him, we'll cut your head off. I've seen the video, sir. 21. I saw these men dressed in black with, with swords, and I saw these guys in orange overalls. Their hands tied behind their backs. And on the, on the beach, they were kneeling. And you see, ISIS, like the devil, is so stupid, they actually videoed it because they thought they were going to make the world afraid. But all it did was make the Christians stronger. Because they say the blood of the church is, the blood of the saints is the seed of the church. See? The blood of the saints is the seed of the church. And so they started to cut their heads off, one by one. They came to the last man. He was a black man. He came from the other part of North Africa. He wasn't even a Christian. He had been with those 20 men for two weeks in a jail. And they said, what about you? You know what he said? He said, I'm with them. They cut his head off. Even tonight, as you get up out of that chair and you walk to the front, it might be just as bad for you. Uncle Angus, what are my friends going to say? You know what they're going to say? Oh, she's joined them. Praise God. Are you one of them? Yes, I'm one of them. I'm a follower of Jesus. See, there's only one road that leads to heaven. Now I want to finish up, and then I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to ask the music team to come up in a moment. And then we're going to be very quiet. Some of you even got your parents here. That's fantastic because your mom and dad will come up behind you. I didn't say in front of you. I said behind you. Do you know how many men I've met? How did you give your life to Christ? Through my kids. My children led me to Christ. Because young people have got soft hearts. Men, they want. Young girl, you want to live for something? You want to have an exciting life? Follow Jesus. One day I'll be petrified. The next day I'll be on cloud. Can you imagine how I felt? They came to feel, oh, I didn't finish my story, did I? <laughs> Are you Ashley? I'll meet him just now. And so they came to fetch me at half past one. They took me in a helicopter and they flew me over that place. You know, I, w <laughs> I want to tell you, I was so 
relieved. <laughs> I couldn't even cry. I just looked with my ha- mouth open. I'd never seen a million people before that day. I landed up with that helicopter. I got up on the stage. I saw a million people on their knees in the, in the, on the grass. One million plus. Say some, what, say, some say 1.2. Some say 1.4. Some say 1.7. Praying the sinner's prayer together. Black, white, colored, and Indian. Can you give the Lord a clap for that? Good one. My son Andy was on the other extreme. He was in a helicopter going up the highway, wondering how we're going to get all these motor cars parked within the time. Six abreast coming from Gauteng, coming from the Cape. You guys sent a train. Give yourselves a clap. A train came from Stellenbosch. Oh, who's that? A train. Have you ever heard of a train going to a church service? Germany. Germany. I love Germany. Echoes of Germany. <laughs> oh man, you know, I can't help it. I, it's like I start bragging. You know, you want to brag, huh? You know, like when the Springboks have just won the World Cup and you walk around with the green jersey, you just want to brag. Echoes of Springbok. We saw something that day, we'll never forget, will we? We saw that whirlwind, eh? Yanni? Came from nowhere, took up blankets. Umbrellas into the sky. Never saw them again. I've got a book. It's called It's Time. I wrote the first two chapters and the last one. The rest is just testimonies. Just testimonies. That optic fiber cable for all the engineering students. It's made out of glass, I believe. eh? Eh? When they erected that uh, platform, eh, Clive, it was three stories high. This is about... Well, there's about three times, well, okay, sorry, Lord, twice as high as this. Let's never exaggerate, eh? It's a big problem with evangelists. You know that. You know evangelists don't count heads, they count eyes. <laughs> that optic fiber cable, when they erected the platform, they dropped a beam on top of it and they broke it. It was broken. So when they took the platform down after the event, the one old man was standing there crying. The tears were running down his face. His friend came to him and said, what's wrong? He says, come and cake here. That cable went for two kilometers, 27 stations, 600 speakers with big screens. The sound was perfect. The picture, are you listening to me? The picture, you must tell this to all your atheist friends. The picture was perfect, but the cable was broken. Can you explain to me how the sound and the picture went through the broken cable to the end? I know that my Redeemer, he lives. Oh, man, I'm so proud of him. Okay, this is my last story. Just don't forget the 24th of March. I want to see you there. We need 2,000 volunteers. We're going to Mitchell's Plain. Give the Lord a clap. Mitchell's Plain. Is that that? We booked it. Who's paying? Jesus is paying. Well, how much are the tickets for free? Is there any collection? No collection. I've got no problem with collection in Germany. No, no problem. No, no, it's quite scriptural. But we're not doing it this time. You are going to, now here I go again, you see. Tommy, I'm walking on the water. You are going to see the biggest crowd that the Western province has ever seen in its life. We are not busing people out of Mitchell's Plain. No, no, no more. We are going to Mitchell's Plain. Oh, but Uncle Angus, what happens if they steal my car? Well, I'll buy you another one, man. If Christ is for you, there's no man will stand against you. Whoa, hallelujah. You know, you know, when we shared this news with the leadership, eh? Is that right, Titus? The leadership of Mitchell's Plain. Is that right, Andy? They couldn't believe it, eh? Eh? Pastor Sean, they couldn't believe it. They said, you are coming to us. I said, we, they said, we are coming to you. 
We're going to clean up 15 rugby fields. 15! Mr. Strauss, 15 rugby fields. Do you know how much that is? You know very well. 15! How many people? Buy a Mensa. Don't try and trick me. Buy a Mensa. And then... Oh, it's starting to rain, Uncle Angus. Oh, it's starting to rain. And some guy in uh, News 24, one of my friends, I've got lots of friends in the newspapers, but you've got no idea how much, you've got no idea how they love me. Oh, who does he think he is? Does he know it's out of season? Well, I know it's out of season, but my God controls all the seasons. Come on. Yes. Oh, yes. You see what I'm doing? I'm digging a hole, aren't I? <laughs> I remember I said, Jesus, you better do it. He says, oh, shucks. Send another 10 legions of angels down to Cape Town. Because Buckins shouted his mouth off again. <laughs> you pass this way but once. And then the judgment. Don't waste your time. It took me 32 years to wake up. Wasted time. And I think of how much I could have done for Jesus before that. But I was arrogant. I was pr proud. God hates pride. He says in 1 Peter 5, 1 Peter 5, 7, he says he resists the proud. But he gives grace, chanada, to the humble. If you humble yourself tonight and you mean business for Jesus, he will not fail you. But I'm talking about unconditional Love. Not a case of you get me to pass, I'll serve you. No, no, no. As Lord, whether I pass, whether I fail, whether I make it, whether I don't make it, I'm still going to serve you. You see, people have been phoning me and writing to me for months. Please, Uncle Angus, come to the Western province and pray for rain. I know I'm a farmer. Uncle Angus, we're going bankrupt, man. We need rain, man. Please. I said, I'm coming when God says so. God says so. We're coming on the 24th of March. It's a Saturday. We're coming to Mitchell's Plain. We're coming right into the area where I believe there's a place there, Andy. Nine men are getting murdered every single night. Huh? Now, I am a farmer, and I come from the hottest area in South Africa, KwaZulu-Natal. We hear of one farmer gets murdered, and we block the roads. But nine men get murdered every night in Mitchell's Plain and no one says a word. It's not right. No, it's not right. You say you've got no water. Those people haven't had water for years. And I'm not going political. I'm talking about the poor and the needy. There's girls getting raped there every night. No one's saying anything. Where are you, Christian? Where are you? I'm going, man. And I don't care if I go on my own, I'm going. Because God said, go, I'm going. We're going to Mitchell's Plain. I'll see you there. You know, when I was sitting there just now, Clive, this beautiful praise and worship, I had another message to give you. And God reminded me of a story, Andy, when you were in the army. You know, my first campaign I ever had in my life was in 1989. I can't speak Afrikaans. I come from Zambia. The Lord gave me a word. He said, go to, go to Ladysmith in KwaZulu-Natal. Go and book the town hall. I'd never booked a town hall in my life. In my life, sir. How many have you booked? Exactly. <laughs> God said, go and book a, a town hall. I booked it. I paid for it myself. I paid for the music team to come up from Port Elizabeth, my, my brother-in-law. You know the story. You've seen the movie, Faith Like Potatoes. It's a true story. But I want to tell you one part of the story. Maybe you don't know. Because it wasn't in the movie. See, I booked it Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. But Saturday they had a flower show. Flower show. <laughs> oh, I love flowers. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong.
So I went to the commandant of five side, five South African infantry. Maybe there's some of you here. Were any of you in five side? You say, we weren't born then, Uncle Angus. I went to five side. Now, I've never been in the army in my life because I come from Zambia. So I went in there and I, I was so full of the Holy Ghost and power, man. There was a guard at the gate with a big machine gun and he said, what do you want here? And he spoke to me in the best Afrikaans I've ever heard in my life. And I said, I want to speak to the general. <laughs> he said, there's no generals here, only a commandant. I said, he'll do just fine. I went in there and I said, uh, Commandant, listen, man, I've got my team. We, we, we're going to have a crusade, a campaign in Ladysmith, but Saturday night we've got a free night. Can you, can you maybe get a couple of your soldiers together, maybe a few of them, and we can sing to them and I'll preach to them? And he said, what's your doctrine? I said, I beg your pardon? <laughs> what's your theology? I said, I beg your pardon? I couldn't even spell the word. He said, I'll call my, dom my domini. And in came a guy with long sideboards, baggies on. He looked like he'd just been surfing. Flip-flops on. He was the domini. I said, man, I like this guy. <laughs> see, God was, see what happens. What happens is when you kick in, God kicks in. And when you kick in, God kicks in. So the Dominic said, what are you going to do? I said, I, I said, listen, I've got a son. He's at Tempe. He's doing his uh, national service. I know these boys are homesick, and that's why I'm telling you the story. You don't have to put up your hands. Some of you are homesick tonight. Some of you tonight would like to be on the farm with your mom and dad. Some of you would like to be with your friends, but you're here. They gave you a big send-off, and you loved it, and now it's game on. Yeah. Exactly. So now what are you going to do? I said, I just want to tell these boys about Jesus. They said to the commandant, I don't see any problem with that. I said, fine. Thank you. There's a hall there called the Elans Hall. I was expecting maybe 100 soldiers. Huh? Um, you, see, you see, sir, God wants you to step out in faith. And then he adds to your faith. But if you don't step out, he's not going to do anything. So I was there with the team, Saturday night. Now I must tell you one thing as we finish. Those soldiers on Saturday night, they go to the canteen and they drink beer. Because they've had a fuss bait for six weeks and they've been told how much rubbish they are. They've had nothing to eat. They've been running. They are tired. And now the commandant says, you're going to a church service. Can you imagine the response? I'm walking on the water. But you see, what happened on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? I saw miracles like I hadn't seen before. I saw a woman healed with a brain tumor at that meeting. See? I saw people that couldn't sleep starting to sleep. I saw people give their lives to Jesus. The biggest altar call of my whole life. Six people came forward the first night. I have never forgotten that as long as I lived, Julian. And we've sent ten, tens of thousands since then. Those first six. <laughs> There'll be more than six tonight. There might be six left in their chairs. And so this is what happened. Andy hitchhiked from, from, from Bloemfontein. He was my drummer. Okay. So the meeting started. So they were all up there and I'm behind the curtains and I'm looking. And uh, in comes a lieutenant and he says, Tension! So they all come in. See a hundred soldiers come in? I see 200, 300. Now, the most people I've ever preached to in my whole life is in the town hall. It was about 500. 300, 400, 500, 600, 1,000 soldiers, sir. And then the commandant walks in his opstand and they all stood up at attention. He said, take the chairs out. And they brought in another 200, 1,200 soldiers. Come on, give the Lord a clap, man, please. Now comes the punchline, see? The band gets up, and they start singing. <laughs> this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. <laughs> Not one soldier was singing. They're just sitting like this. 
I think they sang one more song, and they said, it's over to you. <laughs> I came out, and I looked out like I'm looking out now. That's why I'm telling you the story. I'm seeing exactly the same thing. And as I looked out, the Holy Spirit started to speak to me. He said, Angus, there's young boys here that have never been away from home in their lives. They've never, ever left home. They're sleeping in the same barracks with guys who are sadists. Some of them are drug addicts, alcoholics. They are desperate. They are broken. Speak to them. I spoke to them about running the Comrades Marathon. I said, you're not going to do it without Jesus. There's going to be some mountains there you won't get over without Jesus, but he'll help you. That was it. And then I made an altar call, like I'm going to do just now. But remember one thing, girls. I'm talking to the girls now. These young men were 18 years old, okay? Peer pressure was vicious. Vicious is the only word. See, they were sitting on the floor with their legs crossed because there was no chairs. See? And they'd just been thrashed and beaten by the RSM and the sergeant major and told that they're supposed to be men and they're going to war and men don't cry and they must be stiff upper lip and all that, see? And I come there and mess it all up. I said, tonight I want to give you an opportunity to meet my best friend. His name is Jesus Christ. What I want you to do tonight, today, I want you to stand up and I want you to acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior. And he'll see you through the army and through the war. And I left it like that. Eyes open, nobody looking around. I don't want any eyes closed, no slipping up feet, none of that. No, you soldiers. And then I just... Yeah, I said, that's it. I've done it. See, that's the beauty of obedience. Once you've done it, you've done it. What else can you do? If they respond, you're an evangelist. God will make them respond. You can't make them respond. No, no, no. no. Good stories can't make them respond. The Holy Spirit does it. I said, that's it, boys. I said, if you want to stand up, now's your time. I'll never forget it as long as I live. And it brought a tear to my eye. As I was looking out there, there was a boy standing up. There's one standing up right there now. A boy standing up on the right-hand side. He stood up, a big, young, Burasian. I could see it. Big boy. He got up, and he stood at ease. Put his hands behind his back. He looked up, because obviously he just didn't want to look at anybody else. I'm standing. And as he stood up in the bottom right-hand corner, another kid stood up at the front left-hand corner. And he stood up exactly like that. And then another one. Then another one. It was like a gentle breeze blowing through a, fi a field of wheat. And 1,000 soldiers stood up for Christ at the first campaign I've ever had in my life. Come on. Come on. 1,000. 1,000 soldiers. And sir, they were weeping. See, Charles Finney said, he was a great American evangelist, he said, where there's no tears and there's no amen, there's no revival. What we're believing for for this nation is revival. Amen. The rain is besides the point. The rain will come. I can tell you that now. My God is not a liar. And he's not a man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Has he not spoken? And will he not make it true? If my people who are called by my name, who's that, son? Is that uh, Muslims, Hindus, Hare Krishna? No, it's Christians. If my people were called by my name. I, 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 love, I love Muslims, by the way. I love Hindus. I love people of the uh, alternative lifestyle. I love them. You can put that in the paper, too. But I, can't, I cannot condone their lifestyle because it's against the word of God. It offends my God. Okay? If my people, and I'm telling you something now, and you can mark my words, it's going to rain in Cape Town like you have never seen rain in your life before. <laughs> never seen rain like in your life before. 
But before the rain comes repentance. I'm telling you, my boot, if there's no repentance in this city, there will be no rain. Mark my words. If there's no genuine repentance, what is repentance, Uncle Angus? To turn from your wicked ways. I want to say something to you. I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. I don't want to, but I'm going to say it. Listen to me now. And this is why I'm depending. I'm not depending. God's depending on you, young people. Because all the people are not doing it. They've had so much time. Isn't that right? So much chance. So much opportunity. But you've got your first chance tonight. I want to tell you something. And write it in the paper. God is not happy with Cape Town. Don't clap. There's nothing to clap about. God is not happy with the Western province. How can you say that, Uncle Angus? I'll tell you why I can say that. Because if you read the Bible, you see, God turns the tap off when He wants to get your attention. Oh, yes. And if you've been to Australia, where I've been, and you go to the outback, where I've been, where they've got properties of 100 square miles, the only way the farmer can get the cattle to come to the front gate is by turning off the water. Within two days, all the cows are at the front gate because they've got nothing to drink. That's how they get the cattle together. And the only way God can get our attention. Exactly. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.